All right, good evening. Good to see everybody here this evening. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. I know it's been a while since we've been in Ecclesiastes. We started there several months ago, and we took a break for about three weeks as we went into the Easter season. We did a Q&A. We had our Lord's Supper. Uh, we had an Easter service, so we didn't have Sunday night service, so we've had a break from it. And from the looks like it, from the looks, it don't seem like too many people want to come back and hear it. <laughs> but here we are, Ecclesiastes, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. And we'll turn back to, to chapter 9, if you want to turn there. And again, just a reminder, Solomon is the preacher here. This is a sermon. The whole book of Ecclesiastes is a sermon. Solomon is an old man. He's gray-headed. He's wise. He's at the end of his, at the end of his life, uh, not very much longer to live. And he's standing up in front of a crowd of young people. And he's going to tell them the, the facts of life. He's going to tell them truth about life. Uh, maybe the wisest advice that anybody's ever been given, and I don't know why it's not studied more, the wisest man giving the wisest advice to us on how to live life. So we're going to look at it tonight, and I think tonight is a very valuable lesson. I think it's uh, simple. I think it's easy to follow. I think he's telling us in chapter 9 that we need to be optimistic about life, that we don't need to be pessimists. We need to be optimists. And uh, the title of the sermon is going to be looking on the bright side. And that's what he's going to tell us, that we need to look on the bright side. And uh, I, I think that that's something we all need to hear in the, in the time that we're living in when everything seems negative. I actually saw a poll the other day that was talking about our media. And whether you're watching CNN or Fox News, either one, you're going to get over 90% of the news is going to be negative and very little positive. And they said, wonder what the effect would be if instead of focusing on the bad things that happen in the world, that the news decided to, to show us the good things that are happening in the world, the bright side of life. So I want to show you that tonight. I'm, I'm surprised there's not more people here that want to hear this because we need to look at the bright side of life. And there is a bright side of life. So let's stand together. I want to read Ecclesiastes chapter 9. I'm just going to read. We're going to look at verses of 1 through 11, but I, I want to read verses 7 through 10, which is the heart of the passage. There's four things here that he tells us that we can do to look on the bright side of life. Starting in verse 7, Solomon says, go thy way. And here he's telling us to go and do something. Verses 1 through 6 would be the bad side of life. Starting in verse 7, he's going to tell us the good things, the bright side. Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God now accepteth thy works. Let thy garments be always white, and let thy head lack no anointment. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of thy life of thy vanity, which he hath given thee under the sun. All the days of thy vanity, for that is thy portion in this life, and thy labor which thou takest under the sun. And whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. We'll stop there. We're going to look at Ecclesiastes 1 through 11. And I want to show you tonight, looking at the bright side of life. Let's pray together. Father, we, uh, this, is, this is hard for me to preach because I'm, I'm not good at this, God. Um, I'm, I'm a pessimist. I seem to look at the, the bad side of things. Even this morning, we had trouble with our PowerPoint. We had trouble with our Facebook. We had trouble with our sound system. We had trouble with our camera for the nursery. The lights went out. Just one thing after the other, and I get in the car, and it's bad. And then I sit down, and I remind myself, I need to, I need to look at the bright side of life. So God, help me to learn this. And I think we all do in a world where everything's negative and bad. We need to learn to look at the, the, the bright side and see the, the positive in life. And to be able to truly live life like you want us to. I believe it, that you want us to enjoy life and not be miserable. So teach us that tonight, God. How to enjoy life. How to look at the bright side. 
Help me to be true to your word. Help us to listen with ears that are receptive. And we ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I've read the lyrics of a song this week. I just Googled looking at the bright side of life, and there was a song that popped up. I don't know who the group is. I don't know the song. I just wrote down the lyrics here. And here's, here's the lyrics. The song is called Looking at the Bright Side of Life. And it says, some things in life are bad. They can make you really, really mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, don't grumble. Just give a whistle and look on the bright side of life. And then it says, if, if life seems jolly rotten, <laughs> there's something you've forgotten. And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling down in the dumps, don't be silly, chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle. That's the thing. Just look on the bright side of life. And I, and I read that this week, and I thought, you know, that's pretty good. And I've been going around the house whistling. Just, just, I think you, you can't be sad when you whistle. Trying to look on the bright side of life and then to be joyful and to have, have some cheer in your life. And, and I know that we've all, all probably been told that at some point in our lives. Hey, when something bad happens, just look on the bright side of life. And that's a hard thing to do. When somebody tells me that, the first thing I want to do is to punch them and say, look on the bright side of that. Because <laughs> life is hard. And when it hits us, it, it, it gets us down. I mean, whether it be the COVID situation that we've been in the last year, how can we look at the bright side of that? That we were stuck in our homes for so, so long in 2020. Or, or maybe in 2016, you didn't like Donald Trump and, and you were miserable for four years. What's the bright side of Donald Trump? Or maybe in 2020 when you got, uh, got Joe Biden in the office, maybe you're like, oh, that's not my president. How can I look on the bright side of him being president? And you're just down in the dumps and, and you're just having a hard time. And somebody says, look at the bright side of life. You're like, there ain't no bright side to this. It's hard to do that. I get it. But I think that we all need to take Solomon's advice here. I think it's good for us to, to be a little bit more optimistic, to look on, on the bright side of things, to learn to live life and to enjoy life no matter how bad things might get. So let me ask you this. Is this not one of the lessons that our generation needs to hear? We are so down in the dumps about everything. And we need to learn what Solomon has learned here. He's older, I've already said that. He's grayer, and he's wiser than any man that ever lived besides Jesus. And he's at the end of his life. Some say that as he finishes Ecclesiastes, that he's only got months to live. So this may be the last sermon that he'll ever preach. This may be the last time he stands up to tell young people about life, all the lessons that he's learned. And as he stands up to tell this, he's seen it all. He's experienced the bad and we've seen that in Ecclesiastes. There's been a lot of bitter parts to his life. There's been, he's talked about how, how hard he's had it with women and how hard he's had it in the government and all these different things that, that's just, just hard in life. He didn't deny it. He didn't skip it. He faced it. And here tonight he turns and says, there's also some good out there. I, I think Solomon's doing that. There's bad, but there's good. And we need to always be able to look at the bad and say, yes, that's bad, but to find the good in it. And that's what he's doing in the midst of, of all the bad that he's seen and all the, the bitterness of life that he's faced. He turns here and he says, I want to show you that there is some parts of life that aren't bitter, they're sweet. And we need to learn that in the midst of all the bitterness and all the badness of life, to enjoy those little sweet things. I need to hear this. I think you need to hear this. It's great advice. I don't think it's from Solomon. I think it's from God himself. I think God, through Solomon, is telling us, listen, look on the bright side of life. 
You don't need to be miserable here. There's some sweet things in life. So let's learn that tonight. I think this will be short. I think it'll be sweet. I think if we keep the lights on, we'll be doing great. I told Steph that. I I said, I think that that God has a sense of humor with me. That after this morning, and God knew I was going to be preaching, looking at the bright side of life. And then he gives me a a, a series of bad events, a a series of of unfortunate events that happen on Sunday morning. And I'm walking out of here just a sourpuss, you know, mad about how everything went and how this should, you know, I'm a perfectionist. I want everything to go just as it's planned. And I'm walking out and and all of a sudden I'm I'm, I'm mad and I'm, I'm, it went so bad today. And and then I'm like, "What, what am I preaching tonight? It's like God wants to teach me a lesson. Hey, Josh, you need to look on the bright side. Hey, the lights went out, but you didn't get hit with a dead cat like George Whitfield did. <laughs> hey, the, the, the PowerPoint didn't work like you wanted it to, but you know what? You wasn't in hiding underground in Canada like your friend James is right now. Hey, Josh, look at the bright side. You're going to look back on this Sunday, and, and out of all the Sundays, you'll remember this one, and you'll laugh. Hey, Josh, look at the bright side of life. So that's what we're going to do tonight. Look at the bright side. Enjoy the, the sweet moments. So let's walk through this. I only have two points for you tonight. We'll get done quick. And this time I'll stop if the lights go off. I think that might have been a sign this morning. Time to quit. So number one, I'm going to show you the bad side of life. And then number two, I'll show you the bright side of life. So we'll start with the bad and then we'll see the the bright. So the first thing he says in verse one, let's start in verse one. We'll go through verse three. And then the first three verses there, he's going to show us the bad side of life. And the first thing he says in verse one is that life is unpredictable. Look what he says. For all this, I considered in my heart, even to declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. And no man knows. He sees, you see that? No man knows. No man is in control of whether they get loved or whether they get hated. And all that is before them. You say, what does that mean? It's, it's a poetic way of saying that life is like a box of chocolates and you have no idea what you're going to get. That, that's what this is saying here. That, that life is unpredictable. And we think it ought to be predictable. We think that things ought to go, again, like I said this morning, we've planned, we've worked, we've got it all figured out. It should go as it's planned. But life is unpredictable. And sometimes the lights go out in the middle of a church service. You can't predict that. It's out of out of my hands. We think that the better we are, the better things ought to go for us. And the more good we do, the better our, our, our life should be good and go along with it. That's what we think. That if we eat right and work out, then we ought to have a long life. That's what we think. It's like a vending machine. If I put my money in and push the button, I should get what I asked for. But that's not how life always goes, is it? Life isn't like that at all. Life is not a vending machine. Again, life is Forrest Gump, a box of chocolates. When you open it up and you put it in your mouth, you have no idea what you're getting. That's what life is like. It's it's unpredictable. It's it's out of our hands. Look at verse 11 with me. Again, he, he does this a lot. Watch what he says. Here's how unpredictable it is. I returned and saw under the sun that sometimes the race isn't won by the fastest. Sometimes the fastest in the race don't win, doesn't win the race. Sometimes you, you read the tortoise and the hare, and, and it should be. Who should win that race? The rabbit should always win that race. The rabbit's the fastest out of the bunch, but sometimes the fastest don't win the race. That's how unpredictable life is. Predictable would say the rabbit wins. But at the end of the story, if you guys haven't read it, spoiler alert, the tortoise wins. Sometimes the fastest doesn't win. And he goes on to say, watch this, sometimes the strongest army doesn't win. 
nor the battle to the strong. Sometimes David, little David with a sling, beats Goliath, the biggest giant who ever lived. That shouldn't have happened, should it? Goliath looked down at David and said, who do you think you are? There's no way that you, little man, can beat me, big man. But who wins? That's the unpredictability of life. We can't control it. Watch what he says. He goes on. Neither yet bread, which is bread there would be money to the wise, or riches to men of understanding, or favor to men of skill. But time and chance happens to them all. It's just like it's out there. We can't control it. We have no say-so. Again, if I eat right and I exercise and I do everything in life to be healthy, shouldn't I live to be 100 years old and die running a marathon? But sometimes you do that and you die at 40 from cancer. Life's unpredictable. Sometimes the most likely to succeed in high school is the greatest failure after high school. Well, that's not how it should be. That's, that's unpredictable. Sometimes the ragtag army beats the biggest army in the world. Sometimes the wise are the poorest of the bunch. And the GPA of 2.0 is the richest man in the world. I mean, is, is it not true that the man who's over Microsoft, Bill Gates, right now, was not even a college graduate? Is it, I'm, I'm not maybe, maybe mistaken on that, but one of the richest men in the world, maybe Bill Gates, maybe somebody else, didn't even graduate college. Graduate high school, not college. Sometimes that happens, and, and it says everything is, is in, in time and chance. It's, it's unpredictable. It's out of our control. That's the bad part of life. But he says there, back to verse 1, it's not just random. He says there all these things are in the hands of God. That's kind of our comfort. That it's not chaos. It's not out of control. It's in God's hands. We just don't know what's going to happen. We just don't know what we're going to get. We don't know if we're going to get love or if we're going to get hate. It, it, it could be. It could be anything in life. They just throw. It's thrown at us. Life is unpredictable. Horrible things happen to great people. Just when you think you got it figured out, you realize you don't. Life is unpredictable. So when he, again, he's looking at the bad side of life. So he starts with life is unpredictable and then you die. That's, that's kind of pessimistic. And we'll watch what he says in verse two. All things come alike to all. There's one event that we know is going to happen to everybody. There's really, it's one of those things where you say there's no guarantees in life, but death and taxes. So he says everything is everything is just out of control. Everything is, is unpredictable. But there's one thing we can all guarantee. So he's saying life is unpredictable and then you die. That's kind of bad. I mean, if I was preaching that tonight, you, it's good that we have a small crowd. Watch what he says. Comes to the righteous and to the wicked. They both die. To the good and to the clean and to the unclean, they die. To him that makes a sacrifice and to him that doesn't make a sacrifice, which would be to him that is religious. The religious in that time were the ones that made the sacrifice and the ones that didn't make a sacrifice were the non-religious, would be the pagans. So even the religious and the non-religious die. They're both going to go to the grave. There's one thing that is the great equalizer among all, and that is they die. And he keeps on going. The good, as is the good, so is the sinner. He that sweareth and, and as he that feareth an oath. He that makes an oath and he that doesn't, they all die. This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun. There's one event unto all. One event. Also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil and madness is in their heart while they live. And after that, everybody dies. 
Is that not the most pessimistic thing you'd ever hear? Imagine standing up in front of a bunch of young people and, and the wise man stands up and he says, life is unpredictable. It's not going to work out the way you want it to, it to work out. I mean, how many of you, and I, I'm going to take a few seconds to ask this, if you looked at your life in high school and said, where am I going to be where, at this age right now, would you say this is exactly where I planned, exactly what I wanted? Somebody asked me that the other day. said, Josh, did you and Steph, when you got engaged, did you say, we want to have five kids and pastor a church in Big Stone Gap, Virginia? That was not in our plans. Just things happen that's unpredictable, and here we are. Life is unpredictable, and then you die. In verse 12, he says, that, and not only is it, you die, but you don't know when you're going to die. Watch this. For man also knoweth not his time. You don't know when you're going to die. As the fishes that are taken in a net, as the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time, while it falleth suddenly on them. I mean, it just keeps getting worse. Life is unpredictable. Death is on its way. And you don't know when that's going to happen. It could happen at any time. The healthiest man in the room could die tonight like that. That's what he's saying here. You could die at any time. And that's true. Get this. You could die at any time. It's like a fish just swimming along, you know, happy, 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 net. I mean, that's how life is. That's how death hits us. We have no idea. It's coming most of the time. And this is like a bird caught in a snare. The bird just walking around, boom, caught. You die like that. That was true in Solomon's day. That was true in 2019. And that's true in the COVID area that we're living in right now. You could die at any time, no matter what disease is out there. That's tragic. But it's true. Our generation doesn't want to face that reality, but Solomon wanted the people in his audience to know you could die at any time. The World War II generation, do you know what those kids were doing at 20? They're getting off a U-boat and opening up the doors and going to the beaches of Normandy knowing they could die like that. They were facing death at 20. You know what our 20-year-olds are doing now? sitting in their homes scared to death of a virus while they're playing video games. They had to face this reality. He's saying here, and this is why he's showing us the bad side of life, that life is unpredictable, that we're going to die, and we could die at any time. Those are the bad things in life. And he says, and what he's saying here, you say, why is he being so pessimistic here? Because if we understand these things about life, that the bad parts of life, that it is unpredictable, that we are going to die, and we could die at any time. If we get those things, then at that point we are truly able to live life to its fullest. You can't truly live life until you understand death. So he's showing us these things. He wants them to face the reality, to think rightly about death. They knew he was telling them, you could die tomorrow. You could die right now. So what do you do with that? Life is unpredictable, then you die, and you could die at any time. Do we just throw our hands up? Do we hide in our houses and, and hope that we don't catch anything? Do we not get in our cars and hope we don't have a wreck? Do we stop eating everything because we're afraid it gives us cancer? What do we do? And Solomon says, we don't just throw our hands up and quit. We don't hide. Live life. Live life. That's what he's going to go on to say. I want you to see this. Because he goes from here's what's bad 
to let me show you the bright side. So I've done pretty good. We're working our way through it. There's the bad. Life is unpredictable. Death is inevitable. And you have no idea when it's going to happen. But let me show you the bright side. Here's how to live now that you know what life is like. Look at verse 4. I love this verse. This is my favorite verse in the whole passage. For to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. Love that verse. Somebody buy that and put it on a coffee mug for me. A living dog is better than a dead lion. You say, what, what, is, what does that mean? He's making the statement and saying, you know, somebody would say, look at the bright side of life. At least you're not dead. That's what he's saying there. At least you're not dead. Your life may stink. It may be out of control. You may die at any time. We're all going to die. But at least you're not dead right now. It's better to be, get this, and, and a dog here is the lowest form of life in their time. A dog in their time was the equivalent of a rat. It was, it was mangy, it was dirty, it was nasty. They only found them in the garbage eating nasty things. It wasn't like a dog in a purse. <laughs> it's different, okay? So a dog was a, like, think rat. I'd rather be a living rat than the king of the jungle. Why? It's better to be a living dog than a dead lion. At least you're alive. You said, Josh, do you really want that on a mug? If that reminds me that no matter what bad happens, at least I'm alive right now. That's the bright side. At least I'm not dead. He goes on to say that. Watch what he says. You could be dead right now. That's, that's the bright side. You got a bad life right now. Things are really not going in your direction. Man, the sound system wasn't right today. Man, the, the PowerPoint weren't working today. Man, the, the, the lights went out during the sermon today. On and on and on and on. At least you're not dead, Josh. Look what he says. Look at verse 5. For the living at least know they're going to die. I think that's a good part of the passage. They know they're going to die. But the dead don't know anything. Look at the bright side. At least you know you're going to die. They're already dead. Go on. Neither have any more reward. For their memory is forgotten. You got bad memories? At least you have memories. Go on. Also their love and their hatred and their envy. You don't like that? Is now perished. Neither have they any more portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. You feel love and hate and envy? At least you're alive. They don't even, dead people don't even have that. Look on the bright side. You have a little? That's what he's talking about, portion there. You have just a little? Well, the dead don't have anything. At least you have something. Look at the bright side. At least you have breath in your lungs. And then he moves on here. And I want to see this because he's saying, at least you got a chance. At least you're alive. And in verse 7, he says, so do something with it. Yes, you're alive right now. So do something right now. Do something with the time you have. He says, go your way. And I underline that in blue. Go your way. This is a Shawshank Redemption quote. Get busy living or get busy dying. Go your way. Go and live your life. I've written down several of them here. Go and, uh, again, let's get them. You guys can, you'll like these. Get busy living or get busy dying. Go and have a blast while you last. (laughs) 
Go have some kicks before you kick the bucket. Enjoy God's gift of life. Boy, we've forgotten this in our day. You say, have we? I think we're so scared of dying that we've quit living. The greatest tragedy in life is dying without Christ. But I think one of the great tragedies of life is not enjoying the life God's given you. And we have a generation who is so scared of dying that they've quit living. And that's not political. That's not scientific. I'm not telling you to go out and lick the door handle at Walmart. I'm telling you to get busy living or get busy dying. God's given us a life to live and at least we have a chance right now to live life while we're living. And I don't think there's too many people that's been living in 2020 and into 2021. We've forgotten how to live. We've forgotten to enjoy life. And Solomon here helps us with the verses that we've already read, helps us to have a good time before our time is up or to have a blast while we last. So I'm going to give you these four things, starting in verse 7, working through verse 10, that he tells you, go out and do these things. You've had a bad day, go do these things. How do you live life? Go do these things. This is some of the, the four of the most enjoyable things in life. Go do this. Number one, Enjoy a good meal. <laughs> That's what I mean, Yeah. I mean, I think that one of the most enjoyable things in life is gathering around a table and having a good meal with your family. Yeah. Look what he says here. Go thy way, eat your bread with joy, and drink your wine with a merry heart. For God says, That's okay. <laughs> you see that? It's okay. God wants you to do that. He wants you to go out and to enjoy a good meal. And, and I did a, a theological study through the Bible this week on food. That's fascinating. God gave us food to enjoy. I see people walking around now that the wind would blow them away. And I would say, eat a hamburger. <laughs> Please, enjoy it. God gave it to us to enjoy in the garden, he gave them fruit to eat. The best thing you could ever imagine. Eat everything but this one. Can you imagine what they had in the garden to eat? And then watch this. I wrote some of it down. I don't have time to go through it all. The lights may go out. But in the law, he gave them dietary regulations. Eat these things and enjoy. Stay away from things like shellfish and certain, certain things that aren't worth eating. You know, broccoli. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then when Joshua was going into the land, how did he describe it? It's a land flowing with milk and honey. And it has grapes the size of a beach ball. You know, that's how they, that's how they saw things. That when we get there, we're going to be eating on grapes the size of our head. It's going to be milk and there's going to be honey. And when they were going through the wilderness, God gave them... I, well, you, yeah... Manna, I used to call it manna pudding. <laughs> he took care of them and gave them food to eat and to enjoy. They say Jesus ate his way through the ministry. Every time they stopped, he was feeding the thousands. He was eating and drinking with, with sinners, they said. Even at the end of his life, when he met Peter and Peter was out fishing, he said, bring in the fish to the, on, the, on the beach here and we're going to have... Fish for breakfast. 
And then you move into Revelation and there's a wedding supper that you're going to have. So God says, and I'm telling you this, he says it's okay to go and enjoy a good meal. To eat something and, and, to, and to drink something. And, and I've already said it, but I don't think there's anything more enjoyable in life than a good meal with those that you love. Some of my best memories in life was growing up at my granny's house. And me and my, my me and Zach were talking with us the weight room the other day that every time you walked in granny's house, there was a pone of cornbread over here and some fried chicken over here. And I remember sitting down at her table and I remember her giving us salmon patties and, and, and you know, all this, uh, um, a table full of things. And, and my mind is so fresh with those memories of eating with my family, some of the best parts of life. And today, some of the best parts of my life are eating with my family. At Easter, we went to my Aunt Cookie's house. And don't tell Fauci this, but there were like 30 of us together. <laughs> Get Cookie in trouble, not me. <laughs> and there was food, and there was hamburgers, and there was hot dogs, and there was Oreo delight, and there was manna pudding, and there was... You know, just, just a, a table spread full of things at, at, at Easter. And we all sit around the table and we ate and we, we talked. And, and Cookie said, you want a cup of coffee? And I said, is the sky blue? And, and, and I had coffee. And, and, you know, just sitting around a table. And we're all, as a family, enjoying that time. My kids love going to my mom's and, and, and eating around her table. There's nothing like that. And even on Friday night, family night, with my bunch, as we'll get some food and just eat around the table and we talk about our day, there's nothing more enjoyable in life than sitting around a table with those you love and having a meal. One of my favorite things to do in life is drink a cup of coffee with my dad. I mean, there's nothing like it. I'll say this, there's nothing spiritual at all about a diet. <laughs> I know some people have to, don't get me wrong. Somebody's going to comment online that Josh is anti-diet. But I think God takes pleasure in seeing us enjoy life. So he says, go out and eat some bread. <laughs> yes, bread, I love bread. And, and have a drink with a merry heart because God says that's okay. Do that this week. You having a bad week? I told my kids on the way here, Josh, that, Daddy's had a bad day. You know what Daddy needs? I need to get together with my family and have a meal. That's what I need. Talking about straightening things up. A cup of coffee. Some food. Second, said, enjoy a, a good meal. Enjoy dressing up. Go to a party. <laughs> That's what he says. I mean, you guys, well, you don't hear much of this in, in, a, in a Baptist church. But he says, enjoy a good meal and, and enjoy, uh, enjoy dressing up. Look what he says in verse 8. Let your garments be always white and let your head be full of ointment. Full of oil. You say, what does that mean? In the Old Testament, when you were sad, you put on sackcloth and ashes. It meant you're sad. It meant you were having a bad day. That, that life had given you something bitter. So you put ashes on your face and you look dirty. And you put a sackcloth on, which is the, the worst thing that you could wear. And you walked around like, my life is so bad. But when you're having a good time and you're going to go out and put on your, your Sunday best, you put on white and put a little oil in your hair. Make yourself look good. So he says, <laughs> put on your best. 
Go out and, and dress up. I mean, let me say this. Do you not feel better when you dress up? Do you not feel better when you get a good haircut and you put on your best clothes? And I think some of the best times in life is when you go to things like weddings. I love going to weddings. I get to go to a wedding on Saturday. I mean, it's going to be great. It's at Raven Rock Golf Course. It's going to be beautiful. And I'm going to dress up and I'm going to look good and I'm going to get a haircut. And it's just going to be, Steph's going to dress up. We're dropping all the kids off at mom and dad's. We're going to go and enjoy ourselves at a wedding. We're going to have a reception and we're going to eat and we're going to have, have drinks. And, and it's going to be legal drinks. I have to say that because somebody's going to be online saying, Josh is a drinker. I hate to have to explain that, but it's just going to be fun. I think some of the best moments in life is when you have a wedding. I remember Rachel's wedding. I remember Kinsley's wedding. I remember Amanda and Brandon's wedding. I remember my own wedding. I mean, this is just a wonderful time. And you sit there and you think, and, and, and I know I'm going to get myself in trouble again. But the last wedding I was at, they, I, I can't remember who it was. But they had, me and Steph got out there and danced together. She said, when was the last time we've done this? I said, it's been a while, but the boy, this is enjoyable. He says, get out and go do something. Go to a wedding. Go to a graduation. <laughs> go on a cruise. I know you don't do that anymore. Just dress up and have a good time. An old song says, putting on the Ritz, you know. <laughs> Put on a top hat and get you a cane. and Walk around like you look like a million bucks. There's nothing spiritual at all about not having a good time. And by the looks of some people in some churches, you think it's the most spiritual thing in the world. to Just be joyless. God enjoys when we enjoy things. And then he gives us another one. And this is probably my favorite. So we've seen enjoy a good meal. Enjoy getting dressed up. Now he says enjoy your wife. <laughs> and, and somebody should have said amen. They get you some brownie points. I think one of God's greatest gifts, one of God's greatest graces, is a good spouse. One of the best parts of life is who you live it with. Yeah. We understand, again, life is unpredictable. Life is short. Life is like, I say life is like a fair ride. It has its ups and downs and twists and turns, and you really never know when it's going to end and what's going to happen when it does end. But there's nothing, no one else I'd rather ride life with than Stephanie. That's what he's saying here. Share that unpredictable life with the one you love. Till death do you part. Amen. God has given me in life, in this unpredictable, crazy, twisting and turning, all over the place, up and down and, and all around. You have no idea what's going to happen. But in this life that we're going through, God has given me somebody to talk to along the way. Amen. God has given me somebody to lean on. God has given me somebody to laugh with. God has given me somebody to cry with. God has given me somebody to hold hands with. God has given me somebody to grow old with. God has given me somebody who said that she'll still need me and she'll still feed me when I'm 64. 
And I don't know that there's anything more enjoyable than that. Knowing that on this ride that I'm on, that whether it be in Pound, where we started, or Lynchburg, where we went, or Appomattox, where we went after that, or Big Stone Gap down here, or wherever life takes us in the next step, or in the next year, or the next who knows how long, that I'll have her walking through life right beside me. Martin Luther said that he had his, his cat, K-A-T, his wife's name was Catherine, he called her cat. And she was a nun. And just to get back at the Catholic Church, he married her. <laughs> he was a priest, she was a nun, he said, let's get married. He said he found the ugliest nun he could find. And she turned out to be his lifelong partner that he loved dearly. George Whitfield had his wife this morning. Jonathan Edwards had his. You have your spouse and I have mine. And there's nothing more enjoyable in life than walking through life holding the hand of the one you love. That's what he says there. Live joyfully with your wife. I think a wife is one of our greatest gifts that God's given us. Look on the bright side. I've got a wife. Enjoy her. And the last one, and then I'll, I'll, I'll start to close. My wife told me to preach short this morning, so I wanted, uh, this evening, so I, I want to mind her. Verse 10, because he says, Live joyfully with your wife, in verse 9, with whom thou lovest all the days of your life. And that's the vanity is in the shortness of life. It's like a wind or a vapor that's just here today and gone tomorrow, which God has given you under the sun. All your days are vanity. All the portion of your life is talking about loving your, your wife. Verse 10, he says, And whatsoever your, thy hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there's no work, no device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. So what he says here is, whatever you find to do, wear it out. It could be, and it gives us several things here. Your work, your device, your knowledge, your wisdom. Whatever your hobby is, whatever you like to do. I like that. It's the grace of life that God's given you. Go and do it and do it to the best of your ability for as long as you can do it because you ain't going to get to do it forever. That's what he's saying here. I, I like that. I mean, don't, don't you like it? Whether it's your work or your device, that could be your, your video game you play or your knowledge. That could be a book that you read. You love to read a book or, or the wisdom that you're trying to learn, that you're trying to, to learn a skill, whether it be, whether it be gardening or, or something else, that you you do that to the best of your ability while you have it. Some people, and I, I need to say this, some people today need to get a hobby. We like to, this is, this is going to be so mean, but I'm going to say it. This is the time the lights will go out. We're better at scrolling through other people's lives than we are living our own lives. Some people's hobby is seeing what other people are doing with their life instead of going out and getting a hobby and living their life right now. And we need to do that. Get yourself a hobby besides watching other people's lives. Get out and learn a skill. Get out and learn a language. Get out and read a book. Get out and garden. Get out and, and do something in life and put everything you have into it while you can because you don't know how long you'll be able to do it. And I'm not telling you what a hobby to have, but get one. Mine is running around this green belt. <laughs> Mine is going and lifting weights at five in the morning. It's a hobby. I love doing those things. And you know what? I'm going to give everything I have at doing those things until my body wears out. And then I'll have to find me another hobby. 
And, and it could be just your job, because he says your, your, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Work. Put yourself into it. Enjoy it. Pour yourself into it. Whatever it is, there's nothing spiritual about laziness. I think some of the most miserable people in life, should I go back through these? Are the ones that, that can't enjoy a meal with anybody. Miserable. That never celebrates anything. Doesn't have anybody. And is lazy and does nothing. That's beginning to describe a whole generation of people in our country. There's no wonder that we are the most depressed generation in the history of the world. And that suicide in, in the last year and a half has skyrocketed. Drug abuse, alcohol abuse, skyrocket. Because people don't know how to look at the bright side of life. They don't have these things. Instead of turning to a meal with their family, they turn to alcohol or drugs. Instead of turning to their wife to talk to and to walk with and to cry with, they turn to who knows what. I say this, it was a hobby that, that helped me get through the pandemic. I was running 20 miles a week. Just getting out and just, just says, what are you doing? It, it, I'm, i got to do something. I can't sit around the house and watch TV. I can't binge watch Netflix all day long. That's just going to wear me out. I mean, I can't do it. That's not, that's, that's not a good hobby, watching and, and just sitting there mindlessly. So I said, i, I got to go down there. And, the, and they're going to let me outside, I think. So there I went, just around the green belt, over and over and over and over and, and over. And, and Let's see it one more time. And over again. <laughs> they wouldn't let me in the weight room, so I just said, let's go around and around. And then I said, if they won't let me do that, then my hobby's going to be my yard. I've got to find something to put my hands to. And that camp keeps us sane and helps us to enjoy life. I've never enjoyed yard work in my life. And last year I enjoyed it. <laughs> I know I'm going a little too far. But if you, have you ever? Isaiah gets it now. I, I love it. He helps me mow. He's 13. He gets half the, half the duties around the house. I handed him the mower. I'll do the front yard. He does the backyard. And this past week we mowed last Monday. And he finished the backyard. And he, he stopped over there and stood beside me. And he stood and he said, now look at that. <laughs> you did. And he said, and I guarantee you the backyard looks better than the front yard. <laughs> Is there not something just enjoyable, enjoyable about looking at a job well done? Is, I mean, I, I love it. Yeah, that's the best part of mowing is looking at it and saying, yeah, look at that. And there's, that's enjoyable. Of running six miles around Big Stone Gap and then looking at your phone and saying, yeah, i just done something. And whatever you find your head, I'm not saying you got to run. I'm not saying you got to mow. I'm not saying you got to, you know, garden or whatever, you know. Find your hobby and give everything you have to it. Find your job and pour yourself into it. That's one of the enjoyable things in life. And God says that's okay. I think we ought to take pleasure in it. I think it ought to be... <laughs> You say, Josh, I can't enjoy my job. I had, a, I had a buddy call me the other day. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm drinking coffee and reading the Bible. <laughs> he 
He said, you have the best job in the world. <laughs> and I said, you know what I do? Except when the power goes out while I'm preaching. Look at the bright side, no dead cats, right? <laughs> you know, enjoy it. Life is too unpredictable and too short to be miserable. I'm going to say that again. And that will be the statement of the sermon. Life is too unpredictable and life is too short for us to be miserable. There's a lot of life to enjoy. So look at the bright side of life. But remember, and I'll close with this, never love the gift more than the giver. That's idolatry. If you love eating more than you love God, the one who gave it, it's an idol. If you love celebrating more than you love God, it's an idol. If you love your wife or your spouse more than you love God, it's an idol. If you love your job or your hobby more than you love God and you give yourself more to it than you do God, it's an idol. We always make sure, keep these things in perspective, that these are gifts that God has given us in order for us to enjoy life. They are not life, they are part of life that God has given us and when we enjoy them as gifts from God, I think God enjoys watching us enjoy it. So keep things in their proper perspective. Some people can turn those things around and make them an idol. They make a sport an idol. They make a job an idol and put it before God. And then also, understand this, there's no bright side of life if you don't know Christ. I mean, without Christ, what good is a meal? You're just going to finish that meal and possibly die on the way home. Um, I mean, I don't know that I could ever get that out of my mind. I don't know know if there's anything that would take that away from me thinking that I could die at any moment and go to hell. I mean, you could eat a meal, but it's going to only last a few hours, and then you're going to be back to being lost again. Or, or, or a celebration. Some people just party weekend after weekend after weekend so they have they don't have to think about where they're going to go when they die. But that party will end and you're going to die without Christ. There's nothing enjoyable about that. Or a spouse. I mean, you could have the greatest spouse in the world, but you're going to die and you're going to end up without Christ. That's not enjoyable. You can still die at any time. But with Christ, there's always a bright side. Even to death, there's a bright side. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, and for me to die is gain. There's even a bright side to death. If you know Christ, that's the bright side. So let me quote my song again, and we will be done. That's the reason I kept it around. Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you want to swear and curse. But when you're chewing on life's gristle, don't grumble, give a whistle, and look on the bright side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten, and that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. So when you're feeling down in the dumps, don't be silly, chumps. Just purse your lips together and whistle. That's the thing. Just look on the bright side of life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. For showing us the bright side of life tonight. I, I needed this. I, God, you know that I'm, I tend to be pessimistic. And to always look on the, on the bad side. 
And I, I, I need to look on the bright side more. So God, help me to do that. Help us to do that. Help us to enjoy the life you've given us and the gifts that you've given us. And to, to live life to the fullest while we can. Life is too short. Life is too unpredictable for us to be miserable. So God, help us to look on the bright side of life. And we thank you for Christ because he is the brightest part of life. And we thank you for what he's given us. And God, I pray that tonight that our church, whether it's people here or people watching online, that we could go home and enjoy our wives, spouses. That we could go home and drink a cup of coffee. We could go home and have a meal. At some point this week, that we'll be able to enjoy the things that you've given us in life, no matter how bad things might be. And I believe that pleases you. This, this verse said, God says it's okay. So help us to enjoy this life that you've given us, even in the midst of, of terrible times, really. And we ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.